This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And here we are. It is the 100th. Can you believe it, people? The 100th episode of the Spoiler Room, and I have a great crew for me tonight. We might even have some more people joining in. We're playing it a little loose, a little bit different this episode because it is the 100th episode, and why not do something a little different? And for this 100th episode, he has come back after his long, long journey across many foreign lands. It is the one, the only, Mr. Brad Ludwig is back with us tonight in the Spoiler Room. Hello, Brad. Wow. Thank you. I, cool. I feel special. Well, we're just glad to have you back in the spoiler room, especially for this special episode. And next to him is a spoiler room familiar, the one, the man, the myth, Cole Meredith. Hello, Cole. How are you? Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> glad to have you here on the spoiler room for our 100th episode. And yeah. next to him, we have... The Doctavius, the living Muppet <laughs> Doc. Hello. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm confused. Didn't we just record episode 50? <laughs> it, it kind of feels It that. feels like that was last week, I swear. It feels like we were just recording That's episode That's how old 50. I am. And if you felt the energy in the room, no, no, that's not the burrito you had this morning. It is Tiger Power. He is in the house today. Hello, Mr. Tony Estrada. Happy 100 episodes, Mark. I can't believe you reached this far. Also, congratulations on reaching 1,000 subscribers, man. I'm very happy you've come this far, and I'm very happy to celebrate both of those milestones for you. Well, thank you very much, Tony. Yes, if people didn't catch it, we did finally hit the 1,000th subscriber mark, a little over 10 uh, years and two weeks of being on YouTube. So, eh, you know, baby steps, right? Wait, hang on, Mark. Here's a little something for you. Fancy up with sound effects here. You know, might also might actually have some kind of show going on. Uh, <laughs> Crank up the music! <laughs> no one told me there'd be a studio audience. <laughs> I would have come Surprise! with pants then. <laughs> who, who, who brought the studio? All right, who's, who who's wearing pants? Audience? Who who brought the studio audience? Who who did it? I want to know. <laughs> we do have a little bit of uh, breathe breath breathiness coming from you, uh, Doc. So just I, to, oh, sorry. You, no, I'm just really just excited. That was me. Oh, that was. Uh, oh, I thought it was the burrito be, that it's all Tiger breathing. Power wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> It may have been the burrito. I'm not going to. I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that. <laughs> we cannot confirm or deny that it was the burrito. And I asked the crew tonight, uh, as well as uh, some crew members who couldn't make it, but they uh, will be putting them in throughout the show. They've done little recordings of uh, their favorite moments, as well as their Desert Island film. We're kind of doing a twofer here. Uh, so first off, let's get down to some favorite moments, or not so favorite moments, or uh, they can just tell me I'm full of shit as well. Uh, from past shows, we'll start with uh, Brad, because we haven't heard his sweet, sweet pipes in a while. Brad. <laughs> Mark, you're full of shit. All right. Woo. That's the first oh. one for the evening. All right. There you go. 
Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> the thing that I've always liked about the show is you have a group of people, and it doesn't matter who's in that group, but everybody has an appreciation and love for movies. And no matter what, you know, if you mention... Uh, I'm guessing you guys already talked about Suicide Squad, yes? No, we haven't yet. We actually. haven't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to touch that right now. But let's say, for example... <laughs> no, I'm going to touch it. It's whatever. Uh, the camera's can, on. Can I can it. touch it all I want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if it doesn't matter what side of the fence you are, whether you like something or absolutely hate it, you get that opportunity to have a decent discussion with everybody, and you're only slightly judged uh, for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's just having that group of people that, that really care and they're, uh, really enjoy uh, cinema. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I really like about the show. Do I have a particular episode that I really enjoyed doing. You know, it's been so long since I've been on. I, I know. You're I, I can't really... I, well, you know, uh, I, I could... I need to make more time to be on the show is, is what the problem is. God. You, did, you did mention Suicide Squad, so... <laughs> I, I did. I did. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to see it tomorrow night, so... Um, Jesus. I'm trying to think of one that I was on that... I you know it, they're all good. <laughs> I can't think of one that really stood out more than the others, but it was it's always fun. Oh, I, Tony did a great video, which uh, will make he said he's going to make public on his channel afterwards. A great little clips of some of his favorite moments, and one of them I was reliving. I was laughing quite hard when we were doing the best and worst of 2014, and. <laughs> Brad, Brad goes off on Lucy. <laughs> oh, there you go. You know, I'm kind of like a shark when I uh, rant. The eyes roll back in the head. You know, get the doll's eyes, and you just go and uh, I come out of that whole that whole blood rage, and I'm like, oh, then what did I say? God, I hope you recorded that, because I don't remember a thing. Um, <laughs> I, believe so. the words, I believe the words were, while I was watching the film, it got me so mad, I wanted to punch someone in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like me. Yeah, it really does. I, uh, yeah. I, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember being that angry, but, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the film. I bet you I'd watch that and want to punch somebody in the dick again. <laughs> it had to do with the uh, whole 10% of your brain use. Oh, see, that dude. horse shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's all coming myself. back to him. Oh, yep. boy. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I just, I just all those Brad's wounds. trigger word. Just <laughs> 10%. <laughs> Why is he turning green and getting bigger? Uh, yeah, so I think I think overall I enjoyed that particular film, but yeah, there I did want to punch somebody in the dick as soon as that was the core premise. Um, but otherwise, it was an interesting film. So, anyways, enough yes. re, uh, recounting. Lucy, uh, was that one of my favorite reviews? Uh, now that I've 
mentioned uh, that I said dick punching. Uh, that's kind of funny to me, so <laughs> we'll, we'll go with Lucy, uh, the Lucy one. Yeah, the Lucy one. <laughs> One with Lucy in it. Yes. I, I consider that one my favorite. <laughs> it was a very classic Brad moment you had. I seem to I seem to have this burning desire to just punch people in the genitals, and I'm not sure. I may need anger management classes. I'm not going to lie. I'm just glad we're not in the same room. <laughs> no offense. Just in case. Hey, you know what? None taken. He just he'll just punch the closest dick near him. Just Wait, it's entirely possible. You, know. you are a dick bearing creature. Come here. <laughs> if not by Hey movie mark, Irv here from the Dicks Insider Show, just calling in to congratulate you on a hundred podcast milestone that many don't ever get to, so I'm glad that you made it that far. I love the shows. I love the guests that you have on the show, and uh, hopefully I can be on again here soon. Uh, for me and all of the guys here at the Dixon Sater Show, congratulations. Um, also, we would like to apologize to Jill. Uh, Jill, we are sorry that we put the bug in him, in his butt, not literally, but figuratively, to start doing these podcasts. And um, I'm glad he has, and I'm glad uh, that uh, his shows and his followers are, are doing as good as they do. So... Here's to 100 more and maybe a million more. So congratulations, bud. I uh, hope to talk to you soon. It's like Batman and Robin, that movie sucked. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't. Did you have to bring up Batman and Robin? Did you have to, Tony? Come on, man. Why'd you have to bring up that, man? Oh. Mr. Okay. Freeze puns. Oh, that, wasn't, that wasn't the one that I remember someone having a 30-minute diatribe about, though. <laughs> In the years before there was that, it was just the don't ask Mark about the movie, otherwise you have to have a half hour for him to yell at you. <laughs> I, it, it might have been the Batman movie before that one. No, it was Batman and Robin. Though oh, I Batman, thought it was the one before that. I thought it was Batman, the Val Kilmer one. No, Batman Forever. I thought that I thought Batman Forever is the one where uh, Jim warned me not to not to talk unless well, I had time. <laughs> it was for a while, but then Batman and Robin came out. <laughs> oh. Then, uh, then there well, was a new rant. Yes, that was a new rant. I <laughs> Batman and Robin is the one film that really sticks with me, right next to the Psycho remake, as films that make me as mad as Brad and want to punch someone in the dick. Right in the dick. Right. <laughs> okay, I, I see, and, I seem to see that we're moving this into topics for the next 100. Movies yeah. that are so bad you want to punch <laughs> somebody in the dick. Hold on, I'm writing this down right now. Well, there you go. It's going to be a topic. We'll have to have Brad on there. No <laughs> doubt. Hey Mark, hey, hey, Mark, does vacation make you want to punch someone in the dick? <sighs> no, va- vacation just, just makes me mad. Not enough to punch someone in the dick. It just, I just refuse to acknowledge that it was an actual movie and tell, tell people don't go see it. That's, that's yeah. that makes sense. It, it it didn't make me that mad. No, Batman and Robin made me physically enraged to the point of, uh, it's story time with Mark. Yes. Yay. We had Gee, a Mark. Tell us a story. 
Well, I was in college many moons ago, and this was back when that interwebs thing was becoming big. And in our global communications class, we had the option of writing a paper about global communications or doing a project where we set up a website. Well, my, my group and I, we set up web pages because that was a hell of a lot easier because <laughs> we all worked with it already. And uh, so we, we, got, we had a free site back then, GeoCities. That's how old I am. And, um, the best my, 1997 had to offer. We, we did a movie page, and my page, everybody else's was kind of like favorites and web crawler links. Yes, that's how old I am. <laughs> web crawler links to uh, Tony, in case you're wondering, web crawler was like the very early uh, web browser uh, that you used with a program called Mosaic. So now, was it was it before yeah. like Internet Explorer, Mozilla, Firefox, and all that? Yes, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, okay. they're, I think they're we had Netscape Navigator if you were really cool at that point. <laughs> if you were fancy, and yeah, then you would Netscape go look up something Navigator. on an Angel Fire website that was riddled with viruses. <laughs> <laughs> but they were simple viruses, so they were like, "Here, go delete this file in order to unlock riches." You know. <laughs> Back in my day, you did a search on the internet using Dogpile. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. That, wow, that, woo. That, it takes you back away. But, ooh, weird flashbacks, man. It's weird. You're welcome. This global, is already a great episode. Global communication <laughs> class. And so my web page, everybody else had their links for favorite movies of that. My web page, the entire thing was dedicated to my rant on how much I hated Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and it was up for like 10 years after that, and they finally took it down. Mark uh, leads the way in internet reviews. Yes. But See, was, now we know the truth. It's the origin story of criticism on the internet. It's all Mark's fault, and that's why he feels guilty about it and must rant against it. Yes, that, that, that. <laughs> I was. I was the first. Uh, wow! Clearly. <laughs> oh fuck! I think. The, I think the second thing after they figured out the internet, they were sending messages back and forth. I think the second thing was, did you see that new movie? It sucked. <laughs> you see, Mash. Mash sucked. <laughs> What about that Bionic Woman episode? Fuck that episode. Man, television sucks, man. Makes me want to punch somebody in the dick. It's totally true. And a Bionic dick. Six million dollar man and the Bigfoot, man. It's ridiculous. Punch him in his Bionic dick. Then he's not so cool. Gonna get my T-bird now. Oh, yeah. See, this is what happens when I just let the inmates run the asylum. I know. Someone should just make a shirt on, the, on that. What? Oh, punch you in the dick? Yeah. <laughs> there should be a shirt called that. <laughs> just a shirt that says... Thousand subscribers. Mark finally goes to merchandising. <laughs> Spoiler room. When you really want to punch somebody in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to get the audience you're looking for, but fair enough. <laughs> but fair enough. But you'll get an audience nonetheless. This is true. <laughs> Once we have them, we can sell them. I don't know. Now with a shirt or dick punching. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Doc, for bringing that up. Now I just realized. Yes, I was one of the early nerd ragers on the internet with my animated gifs and. (laughs) 
it just now it sounds like you just made the Homer webpage. <laughs> Look at all the animated gifts I collected. Uh, and pictures of, of Poison Ivy and Bane and how I ranted about that whole movie. Uh, so <laughs> makes me want to punch someone in the dick. So Go try and find the Internet Archive children. It may still be out there somewhere. I sure hope not. <laughs> Damn, I want to look now. <laughs> Cole, let's go to you now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have a uh, favorite moment, thought, or just want to tell me I'm full of shit? There you go. From from our from our, sh- our the history from our of show. our shows. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I lost track. Um, no, man. I think. Uh, I lost I track how I'll... many times you were full of shit, Mark. <laughs> oh, you mean from it's the show? It's totally believable. No, man, but as long as we're playing it loose, I, I seriously would like to apologize for the Frankenhooker episode. Um, oh. I was really hard on that film, mm-hmm. and I had uh, just come from making my own movie, and I think I was half in character playing Mitch. And uh, I really – I look back on that episode as – when I'm done on the set, maybe I shouldn't do a fucking podcast. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I feel like I was half in character during that episode and put the movie not down for not being as good as Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd like to apologize for that because everybody in the show had such love for the film. And I sound like a canker. I'm just there, like oh, railing that, against the fucking that movie thing. Is you know, so disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> so many levels. <laughs> so my my apologies, honestly, for the Frankenhooker episode and all of our fans who listened to it. I apologize. I was having a bad night, man. Um, but other than that, man, I think all the shows are great. Mark, you're a fantastic host. I believe that in my heart, and I think um, I think you're only going places that are good. I don't uh, think the show is going anywhere but up. Yeah, am I going that's, places that's where I'll need singles? <laughs> if you're lucky. If I'm lucky. Well, he said I'm going to good places. So. <laughs> oh, wait. Was that out loud? Oh, shit. Uh, yep. Ah, crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there, was there any particular moment or anything that stood out for you, Cole? Uh, as, as the good time? Yeah, um, the good time. Yeah, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, man. I, I really, you know, not to get too dramatic, but I look at this show as one of the few places I'm accepted. Mm-hmm. I make uh, horror movies in the town of 4,000. The majority of the population of those 4,000 people are, um, and, and God bless their hearts, but they're very strict Christians. <laughs> you know, um, and not nobody shows up to my, I mean, I had four screenings and we couldn't even pay a third of the rent Oof. off of those four screenings of our last movie, which I actually think is pretty good. I stand by the last great horror movie. So I, I actually really adore the spoiler room as a place where I can show up, talk with friends, and uh, be myself for an hour to an hour and a half. And uh, also, you know, interact with people who understand what it is to maybe not be rich but still love movies. Um, it's important. I think it's awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Well, we appreciate you having you on, all of you. Uh, fine folks. I appreciate that quite a bit, the kind words. I just like rambling about movies and the fact that I found some other folks that want to do that too is always impressive. 
<laughs> and I always am very thankful for that, Cohen. Uh, yeah, your movie, it, uh, you know why people didn't show up? It's because you got me in the first five minutes of that film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you cut that section out. They'll be packing the theater. Be like, no, the man, we, we knew people weren't going to show I mean, we got the same turnout we get for all of our movies. We well, just thought maybe because it was such a tight, compact flick, more people would come. But. Maybe you need to make some Christian horror. Then. Yeah, yeah, maybe I do. I mean, maybe I need to do Ghost, Ghost Part Two. You know, although although God's Not Dead was pretty scary by its. <laughs> oh, sorry, was that out loud again? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Theme for episode one hundred and two: things that Mark thinks he's saying to himself, but says out loud. <laughs> You, you, you realize you're saying that all loud, Mark. That's not inner monologue. Ah, shit. Ah. <laughs> ah, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> hey, Mark, it's Jason. Uh, congratulations on 100 episodes of The Spoiler Room. Uh, sorry I couldn't be there in person, but since you invited people to uh, record something and send it to you, I th- thought I'd take you up on that. Um favorite moments from the show Um, I've only been on a few episodes but I've listened to a lot of them and you know man there's lots of funny and and cool stuff Um, but instead of calling out anything specific I thought I'd talk about what I like about the spoiler room in general Um, as the host you choose the guests but you know more importantly you set the tone and with the spoiler room, you know, you've managed to create such a positive show um, that certainly values intelligent criticism, but at the same time, really celebrates the simple love of movies, even even bad ones. And you know, even though I don't know all of your guests personally, um, you've created a show that feels like a conversation among good friends, you know, among good friends of mine, and you know, that's that's pretty cool. Anyway, and I'm happy to have been able to be a small part of it, so thank you. The uh, Desert Island movie, uh, that was a tough one. I thought about that one a lot. Uh, Some of the movies I considered were uh, This is Spinal Tap, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie, even uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, But I settled on Princess Bride. And, you know, for me, that movie has it all. It's got comedy, adventure, romance, fantasy, you know, wonderful characters. Um, you know, there's a, there's a big bit of nostalgia in that choice for me. Uh, you know, it's a movie that I loved when I first saw it as a kid. And I've uh, seen it many times. watched it with my wife and kids. And my wife and kids love it. And it's a movie we can all watch together as a family. And, you know, everybody's into it and loves it. So... Uh, that would be my Desert Island movie. So, anyway, congratulations uh, again, and I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes of The Spoiler Room. Thanks, Mark. And, uh, Doc, how about you? Did you have a favorite moment? You've been on a few of our episodes now. And, um, or one that you've listened to, because you actually listen to these. So Yes, yes, I get to listen to more than I get to participate in, and, and that's... A lot of the the fun for me is that sometimes in the in the car ride, as I'm listening, driving home from work, and 
sometimes I'm yelling along with somebody or trying to remind somebody of the word that they want as they're trying to <laughs> say it because they think of a name and I say it and they remember and I feel like I've helped. Or, but of of those, the ones that have um, that stuck out is like my is, is it's not a necessarily always a specific moment because it happens with a certain uh, repeatability. One of them is the the moment where everybody brings a movie to the table and nobody knows what the other movies are sometimes except for Mark. And you have the moment where you hear somebody say the name of a movie, almost like, let me put this out there. I am afraid. And then you get about half of the, the rest of the group going, oh, yeah, I love that movie too. And you can hear them go, oh, thank heaven for that. I don't have to argue about this one. You know, and just everybody goes, yay, for like 15 minutes. The other side related to that, and it's mostly one guy who's not with us tonight is Andrew. Mm -hmm. When Andrew will bring in a movie and make everybody watch it, you know, the one that leaps to mind probably most readily is Pootie Tang. <laughs> and then everybody's going, oh, that was so much fun. And he's like, yeah, this is great. I knew you guys would this. <laughs> and then, you know, he just laughs because Mark does the crazy intro. And then he's just going, "I, you know, going, ha, 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 I made this happen. At the same time, he's going, oh, this is so great. Everybody loves this thing I love. Um, but a more specific moment than that is is not even is, – is, is the, the naming of Scott as Baby Spice <laughs> in recent memory, certainly, because that lasted for a week or two, and I, I thought that was even funnier. <laughs> no offense to Scott, who I, I think is great, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. <laughs> and Scott Davis, unfortunately, could not make it uh, tonight, but he did record something. Hello, everyone. Baby Spice here. I'm sorry I can't be on this episode, but I wanted to briefly share my thoughts on this podcast. Uh, what can I say? I've You know, I've done podcasts before, starting with Film Geek Central and uh, all the stuff I did there with my friends Austin and Jesse. And I've been here and there since then. Later on, Derek Carey invited me on to Astro Radio Z, and from there... You know, I've met all these really great people. Mark, you're absolutely one of those people. And I was so happy when you invited me onto your show as well. I guess I became kind of one of the regular crew, along with all the rest of you guys out there. And I think that what makes the Spoiler Room so special is the people that are on it. Everyone there seems to bring their own personality and their own unique opinions to the table. Mark, you are such an excellent host. You're thoughtful, you know, you're entertaining, you kind of bring your own pizzazz there. He posts these pictures on Facebook with him looking psycho in front of, like, the movie theater screen. So you know that he is, like, really into this stuff. That's why he's Mark the Movie Man. And then, you know, yeah, I got we got all these other people out there. Glenn, Dawn, Cole, Andrew, Tony... Ah, I'm going to be forgetting a lot of people here, uh, but you know what? You are all fantastic, I'm so, and I've been so uh, happy to share the stage with you. I'm so thankful to be part of this show. I think it's a great show. It's an entertaining show. I think it's a show with a lot of legs on it that could go for another 100 episodes easily. And, you know, we've had these discussions. You know, we've had discussions that are really uh, humorous and serious and uh, critical cerebral goofy look i'm gonna make this brief because you guys know how much i can talk 
and a lot of uh, why I can talk so much is because I'm talking with you guys. So instead of just sitting here talking to myself for the whole time, I'm going to let you guys get on to it. And I just want to say, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. Happy 100th episode, Mark, and thanks for letting me be part of the spoiler room. The Spice Girls one was one of those episodes that was spur of the moment. And yes, folks, if you haven't guessed, this is a self uh, oogling ourselves tonight. So, uh, but what was interesting about the Spice World one is I put it out there as kind of a joke, and then, like in our group, two or three people through showed interest, and Andrew was like. Yeah, we should do that as an episode. I'm like, okay. And then I actually got response from people. I'm like, oh, oh crap, we're going to be doing this now. Surprise! <laughs> well, and that's, you know, and that's the rough part as I'm driving. I can't take notes because that, you know, the side time you'll see people going, no, I haven't watched that yet, but I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. And I'm, there are a lot of these where, like Spice, or, or, or a lot of those where I, I would never have necessarily <clears throat> thought to watch Soul Plane. Mm-hmm. But then you hear the group discuss it, and you go, I kind of want to watch that now. <laughs> that sounds really fun. That was actually on the... Uh, oh, no, was that the... Jerks. You, oh, that's about... right. See, he's got favorite moments. They're from a different <laughs> show. Wait. See, you've done too many shows, Mark. I've done too many shows. You should have counted those in this continuity. Then we'd be up to like 500 or something. I've lost track. <laughs> no, no, it was, that was the film jerks ones we did with Astro Radio Z. Well, er, erase, erase that and just go back to talking about Pootie Tang then. Because no, that was here, I'm pretty no, sure. No, Pootie Tang was a film jerks one. <laughs> Mark oh, no, hosts the show. I get confused. There's he no does too good a job. Tonight. They all sound the same. There's no editing tonight. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Maybe no, I met no. Igor and the Lunatics. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't it either. Mark, keep everything. That's all I'm going to say. Just, just keep <laughs> fucking everything. I, I don't know. Hey, now, like be that. careful how you phrase things. <laughs> Mark's gone it. through that period. No. It's not tied down. Yeah, yeah, to go to a lot of psychiatric help for that. The reason why my mom got rid of the couch. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 damn. Oh, God. I said that out loud again, did I? It's not a plastic coating on the couch. Oh, no. Why did you name the couch Krusty? Because <laughs> uh, it disappoints you when you think it's your Biggie laugh. <laughs> because it gets more crusty in all the wrong places. Just remember, oh. folks, those free couches are on the curb for a reason. <laughs> Fair enough. And now this is my new favorite moment in this. <laughs> this Mine one, too. or is this? I'm not sure. Is this actually still spoiler room, or are we doing a different <laughs> no, show now? I've lost track. Still spoiler room. Episode 103 shows that thinks that Steve thinks has been a spoiler room, but weren't. Surprise! It's, it's quite all right. No, I, I I did host that for a while, which uh, they're working on. Uh, hopefully, having them come back with a new host, so uh, that should be fun on Astro Radio Z. Check out Astro Radio Z as well. The podcast, great podcast with the, Mr. Derek Carey. Uh, but here with the spoiler room, uh, what he mentioned with the Igor and the Lunatics. I don't know if anyone caught our overview we did for a tenth anniversary. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I asked folks, uh, some of our Spoiler Room crew, to do a co-review for me for our 10th anniversary last month, and a few of them were were very gracious enough to agree, and Stock was one of those. And I asked, 
I had them pick the movie, and then I would watch it and we'd review it. And so <laughs> I asked Doc the movie, and uh, I watched it. And the night that we're going to do the review, I, I go to Doc and, and in the recording, I go, uh, Doc, so tell us what movie we're going to do. And he said, uh, uh, The Undertaker and His Pals, and dead silence for a little bit. And I was like, no. Wait. <laughs> no, we are. We're doing Igor and the Lunatics. And he's like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing The Undertaker and His Pals. And I'm like, but you messaged. And so I, I went through the Facebook messages, and I was like, ah, shit, you're right. It was Undertaker and His Pals, that I go in the lunatics, but luckily I've watched that enough to where we were able to review it uh, from memory. It was just an interesting. Uh, no, no, I thought for sure you said, and then I didn't, and then. Oh. And then we laughed like this. And then we laughed. <laughs> oh yeah, there's, uh, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> but well, we just, we, I just, I thank all you guys always for this because. We have a very diverse group of folks, but I always felt like uh, everyone's opinion, well, except maybe mine, was respected. So uh, I'm just told I'm full of shit. So <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was you. That's right. That was just a little while ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting old, Mark. It it does. It does. But lax lax is on its way. It'll be okay. <laughs> but it's great to hear, Doc, that uh, you are entertained whether or not it's this podcast or another podcast. Uh, and I, <laughs> all the things Mark are on are awesome. Oh, Listen to them all. This is a generic so. advertisement for Mark. <laughs> I'm Mark, and I approve this message. There we Good. go. Hello, Spoiler Room listeners and junkies. This is Derek Carey from Astro Radio Z and Rabid Child Films and sometime contributor to the Spoiler Room podcast. I want to say congrats to Mark and the fellow Spoiler Room crew on 100 hard-earned episodes. Now, many of you may not know this, but Mark likes movies. Another shocking fact, Mark likes to talk about movies. So it isn't a shocker to me, really, that he got 100 episodes out of this podcast because that is what Mark does. Some people, especially in Wisconsin, where we reside, they drink, they watch football, they go out camping, they tip cows over. But Mark the Movie Man watches every movie that happens to pass through his hands or into his cinema. There's really nobody else like Mark that I know. And the thing that's really unique is that he goes in, unlike vast majority of people that you will hear on the internet or in these podcasts that there's just a proliferation of throughout iTunes and wherever you get podcasts. He's not the kind of guy that's going in to try and trash this stuff. He respects the makers, and he respects the film viewers, and he respects the fans. And that's what is good about the Spoiler Room podcast. So it's really hard to not feel the enthusiasm that Mark has when you listen to this podcast. So I'm very happy to say that I've been a part of this. I want to thank you, Mark for even wanting me to be on this after you have done so much for me with my movies 
and with my podcast, Astro Radio Z, all of the shit that I've put you through to want me to come on and even say anything for your show, thank you. And hopefully, you know, you don't die of exhaustion trying to watch every movie. You know, Mark, I'm sure your wife has told you this one or two times. You can pass by a few movies. You don't have to watch every single one of the motherfuckers. Oops. I shouldn't have swore. You can beep that out, right? You can beep out shit, fuck, dick, ass, poop. Well, I suppose you don't have to bleep out poop, but I mean, you can pass by some movies. My recommendation would be this, Mark. If there is a cover that looks like it was photoshopped by somebody just going into college, maybe they're 19, 20 years old, skip that movie. Also, if in that movie, in some way, you see Casper Van Dien, skip that movie as well. But one thing to never do, Mark, is quit this show and quit your love for film. So, congrats. Can't wait for the next hundred episodes. All right. <laughs> so, Tony, uh, we'll, we'll go to you now. I know you did the video, and you're going to make it public on your channel, but do you, do you want to discuss, uh, out of one of those moments on that video, uh, your favorite moments, one of them, uh, the show? Because you came uh, early on to the show, and you've been a regular staple here as well. So, all right, so one of my favorite moments, um, I added like a total of, I believe, like six episodes. So I chose like six moments from like six episodes of the Spoiler Room. And one of my favorite moments, favorite holiday movies podcast, because Andrew Shearer, you know, he said something so funny that had the whole gang howling, laughing. I really do mean howling. And then it got to a point where when it was wrapping up to me, you know, plugging in my channel, all that, I, I was just laughing so hard that I had a difficult time actually, you know, plugging in my channel and all that stuff. So Actually, Andrew uh, shared a, one of his favorite moments as well, and it, it does involve that episode. Hi, Mark. It's Andrew Shear of Gonzorific wishing you a very happy 100th episode of The Spoiler Room. I gotta say, man, this is one of my favorite shows to listen to and definitely one of my favorite to be a part of. And here's the reason why. In my professional life, I am a movie critic. And uh, as such, I can only be part of myself while I'm doing that. I wear the movie reviewer clothes and I can't get quite as goofy as I want to. There's just no real reason to do it. And let's face it. I'd probably lose my job. So I love being on the spoiler room because it gives me a chance to really be myself and to be silly because that's more of who I am. And when Mark asked me to pick a favorite moment from spoiler room, I knew exactly which one I was going to pick because there is a particular incident from the show that I go back to sometimes just to make myself laugh when I'm like in need of, you know what I mean? Just when I'm not having the greatest day and it's iTunes is right there and I can just queue it up. I have the episode saved. It was a Christmas one where um, we all were giving our favorite holiday movies and I waited till the very end to, for some reason, 
do my self-promotion spot uh, in a thick southern accent. And I am from Georgia, so I'm kind of familiar with how those go. But I was not expecting, because I didn't think it was particularly funny what I said. It was just late, and I'm, you know, I'm losing my faculties quickly. I didn't think it was that funny. But Tony really, really, really thought it was funny. And when I listened back to it, the part I listened to is not what I say, because whatever. It's how Tony laughed at it. It was so great he lost it when he was trying to do his bit and uh, to me that was my favorite thing to do is to make people laugh and there's very little um that i wouldn't do to uh to put a smile on somebody's face and that is without question one of my face i'm very proud of that i'm more proud of making him laugh than i am most of the reviews that i've written in my professional career so mark congratulations once again and thank you for letting me come on the show and be that silly and stupid and still like retain your credibility and everybody else that's been on the panel with me. Thank you for giving me space to do that. And for just sort of (laughs) encouraging me because, you know, uh, someone like me really needs it sometimes. So, uh, thanks very much and happy 100th man. There were, there were honestly so many moments that happened that episode that I couldn't fit it all into one video. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that uh, seems to be one of the uh, favorite episodes of, of many of the people who were on the show. I'm not sure if it's favorite episode of anyone that uh, listens to the show, but uh, uh, we all seem to found it very entertaining. <laughs> so, that was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, though we try not to rip in, one of the things I've always tried to do is not to have it to where it's going to be a total slam fest of the oh, yeah. film. Um, and I hope we've able to maintain that for the most part. That's part of the reason why some of the films we just don't cover because it'd be just too easy to just rip into a film. And there's too much of that out there already, I think. Uh, you know, so, I yeah. think for the for the most part, <clears throat> for the episodes that I've listened to, even if somebody has a criticism, they at least try to find one redeeming bit or one bit that they especially like, so they don't you know just crap all over the movie. <laughs> so or or oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, our Fantastic Four episode is very generous, I think. You know, in terms of what else is out there, Mm -hmm. if you listen to it, it's pretty – I mean, Christ. (laughs) I I would say everybody gave it at least a thumb sideways, you know. (laughs) No, the the spoiler room in general is is like – like Brett's – everybody at least tries to go, well, yeah, I didn't like it, but – at least this was done well, or at yeah, least I liked yeah. this character, or you know the music was good. There's, there's, there's never, almost never, anyway. It just goes and it is done. And if you do, then there's a conversation, and you, it's, it, you look, the the opinions are respected. So there's been times where you hear that, oh, I really liked it. Well, I really didn't like it, but I liked this about it. Well, I didn't like this about it, and you go, okay, and then. I still don't like it, but I respect where you're coming from, and I think I see it a little differently now. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's one of the best, you know, it's almost more, those are rare moments on the spoiler room, but when they are, they're very, very real and very genuine, too. It, it's not just, you know, people on anything. I like that. It's never to the point where someone's name calling each other, oh, you're a sec of shit. You should right. just go burn and all that. <laughs> oh, you're just a show for this, you know, for blah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we save that to after the recording's over, and then. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's blood, there's well, figurative blood, there's there's you know virtual. We trade gifts back and forth of us punching because <laughs> we can't hit each other physically, so you got to send it virtually. Go here. If I was there, this would be you. So. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh um. Uh, it's okay if I play the clip. I didn't get to play it yet. Oh, go ahead, Tony. Sure. I just wanted to show it to everyone that's listening. All right. Here we go. Uh, Andrews? Oh, man. If y'all want to see some movies for Christmas, uh, Amazon On Demand has three of my titles. One of them there is Fake Blood. Another one's Dang the Pajama Nightmare. And the um, other one's called Dang Old Mondo Gonzo. You can just put that in your damn peace pipe and smoke your fuckers. And uh, may all your dang Christmases be black. <laughs> and Tony? Flick the fluffer. All right, buckaroos. <laughs> you could find me at youtube.com slash 22tiger dude. I'm sorry, I'm, cu- I'm trying to control myself. Andrew made me laugh too hard. I just laughed at you. At, at TigerDude22. At the. <laughs> yeah, Tony <laughs> Okay, okay Facebook.com slash 22tigerdude. And, uh, and Instagram at 22tigerdude. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that was beautiful, Tony. <laughs> oh man, I lost I lost my mind that night. He broke you then. You were you were done by then when he did that. That was, that was great. I I thought we were gonna have to get you an oxygen tank or something, Tony. Right. <laughs> but that's hands down one of my favorite moments from the spoiler room. Oh uh, yeah, it's it, that. That episode had a lot of moments, including the whole <laughs> accusing Scott Davis of being a racist. <laughs> but Scott is not a racist. No, we we established Scott's not. A <laughs> He is here with us. Watch the dang old erotic couch, I tell you what. <laughs> Scott Scott will probably be listening to this later going, you fuckers. <laughs> no, he'll just say, I am not. <laughs> no, I he... stood up for you. Just remember, I was the first one there, Scott. Great. Now, now Doc's like that guy who's sitting there going, hey, I stood up for you. I stood up for you. you I was the voice me. guy. You can shoot the others. Just don't shoot me. I stood up. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott Davis is with us in spirit. And, uh, uh, yeah, he and Andrew and Derek, we've had so many great uh, people regulars in the show, the diva of the spoiler room who's been there, uh, like Brad, uh, pretty much from the beginning. Uh, she unfortunately couldn't make it tonight, but uh, she sends uh, a hellos to everyone. And uh, yeah, we've been, I've been very fortunate to have such a great collection of folks here in the room and uh, who roll with the jokes, much like Scotty D, who is just a warehouse of knowledge and he's probably forgotten more about B-films than I will ever know. Uh, between him and Andrew, it's like we need to tap their brains, and it's just a warehouse of like facts. It's it's crazy. What so awesome. About films. Yeah. 
Totally. It, 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 it blows my mind, uh, their, their <laughs> knowledge Word. That, that they bring sometimes. I'm like, who, what? You know, and you mention yeah. an obs- you'll mention an obscure film, and they'll know who the director and the director of photography and who wrote the film. And you're like, what the, huh? <laughs> you know, I just pulled it out of the bargain bin, and they happen to know it. So. And not, uh, not just that. If I, if I could share this in a bind, man, you know, when yeah. I'm just in a corner on the set, and I need an answer. I mean, I don't have creative consultants necessarily on the set, you know. Um, Scott and Andrew, you can reach out to them and they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, get back to you. Not that they understand the material you're working on in the second, but they'll give you their perspective. It's Mm kind of nice, you know, within, within, almost like within five, ten minutes, they'll get back to you and say, hey, what, what is up? This is some suggestions, creative ideas. It's super important. Shows well, a love for film, definitely. And and that's always and that's a little sappy. But we're it, it's the hundredth episode. We can be sappy. I will say my favorite part of the show is always just gathering the various combinations of folks for episodes. I I love that and not knowing exactly what people will say or think, um, and and being very kind even when I'm uh, being a little uh, schizo on say superhero films. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my favorite moment. Uh, I, I do remember the one episode I did that I, I had always wanted to do. I was lucky enough to do it when we did the independent filmmakers episode, uh, and I had John Pata and Glenn and Derek and uh, a number of others on, and that was an interesting one. Or there was the time we recorded after the Oshkosh Horror Film Festival. Yes! Doc was there. We had uh, Mark Woldrich, who's been on the show. He does all the music for all my, my stuff. He's a very talented gentleman, uh, as well as Don and a number of others. And we had the microphone set up in the hotel room. I think that's A number first... of others. I'm not, I was the only one. <laughs> a number of others. Oh, I was what? The only Glenn, you, I you are so, you are Glenn. so many people at once. That's Glenn. why. Glenn, welcome. It's Hello, Glenn, Glenn, motherfuckers. BFD What's that? The big fucking deal himself, BFD. I do greatly apologize. I did not see you sneak in here. It is the <laughs> only one I totally did. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Hello, He's sir. like a goddamn ninja. <laughs> yes, Glenn was the other one there, and, and that was fun. That was the night, I think, uh, the Super 8 Motel was the only time they ever actually got a complaint about someone at 2.30 in the morning for being too loud. We stopped recording just before they called us I and know. told us to shut the hell up. That was <laughs> awesome. We recorded that episode after the Ash Guys Horror Film Festival, just having a blast recording. And yeah, it was like 2.30, almost 3 o'clock, and they called just as we, just after we wrapped up, and they're like, um, I'm sorry. We're sorry. getting complaints that you guys are being kind of loud. And we're like, oh, we're sorry. Because <laughs> like, it never... was essentially this atmosphere, but in a room with all of us together being loud. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a lot of fun to record, though. That's when know. you tell them that the orgy just wrapped up. Everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got copies of that and DVD for you later on tonight. Hello, Glenn, you're just in time. Uh, we were just talking about some favorite moments of, from our past shows, as well as just uh, telling 
people how much full of shit I am. So go ahead, Glenn. Uh, you got a favorite moment from the shows that we've done in the past or uh, just want to tell me I'm full of shit? Well, I mean, I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he knows. We've told him already. Yeah, I mean, this has been going on for how long? I'm sure someone's told you by now. Um, <laughs> Ah, favorite moment. Jeez, I don't know. You know that one time where I said something clever. <laughs> so that's like every episode you're on. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that's that's tough. I mean... Or a favorite moment. Not, it has to be the favorite moment because that's always a hard one. I mean, I mean well, prob- probably my favorite moment is the one that you already mentioned, which was the, the big recording in the in the room with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I just I, I enjoy all of them so much. Um, it's hard to narrow it down to just one. And, and you say so much with just a sigh, though. I've got a, I, you have that art down, and I don't know how you do that, sir. Truth. I, I always love how you say so much with just a sigh. It's so perfect. It's like you sigh, and the world's problems are answered. I, it's just he like will that. sigh, and the rest of the group breaks up because they know something is coming. <laughs> <laughs> the world, the, the tornado is approaching. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, yeah, so we're going to do here uh, Desert Island Films. I got the idea. It's been around for a long time, and it popped up recently in the movie The Green Room, which uh, actually is a really good suspense thriller. If you haven't seen it yet, you should. Uh Astro Radio Z, uh, AstroRadioZ.com podcast. They did a full episode on it. And uh, go check them out. And so I figured, let's ask the crew tonight, if you were trapped on a desert island and they had electricity, a TV, and you were able to t- have trapped on this island with one movie, what movie would that be? And so we'll start with Cole. Cole, what movie, if there was one movie... That you could only watch while trapped on a desert island, because the generator only had enough power to run this movie. Ever, what movie would it be? You know, man. I mean, uh, if if I was trapped on a desert island, I would probably want to watch "I Dreamed of Africa" or some shit, just so I didn't see the ocean. Um, you know, but just the, a movie I could watch over and over and over and over again. Yes. Um, on that on that basis, man, it would be Creep Show. I think mm-hmm. for sure. Nice. Uh, the the colors, the humor. I mean, that's not my favorite movie, obviously, mm-hmm. but just in terms of something that would uh, comfort me and uh, something that kind of has that sort of macabre sense of humor and the delight in the unusual and the the complete abandonment of anything sane. You know, it's um. <laughs> I really love Creep Show. I think uh, it's a delightful film. I I don't know how much to say about it other than anybody who's seen Creep Show knows that it's five little uh, short stories wrapped mm-hmm. around um, a sort of wrap around story about a young man whose comic book has been thrown in the trash by his alcoholic stepfather. And uh, during the course of a storm over the night, the the wind actually of the storm blows the pages from story to story, and you experience these five stories within this comic book. And then 
the movie ends back with you in the wraparound story with the young man and his stepfather, and it's equally delightful. Um, but it's a comic book movie. You know, when people talk about their favorite comic book movies, this never comes up. Because it's an adaption, or it's not an adaption, rather. But um, it is a straightforward comic book movie, right down to, you know, <coughs> enveloping the audience in the panels. And um, I just love Creepshow. I mean, I've seen it probably a thousand times, and that's no exaggeration. Uh, <laughs> I would watch it a thousand more times. It never gets old, ever. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and uh, I have some fact checkers here, I'm sure. Weren't one or two of the episodes from Creepshow from the original run of the comic? I thought one or two of the stories were either influenced or, or based off of... No, one, one, or, two, one or two of the stories are, are um, previously published as Stephen King shorts. Ah, and those, those are the crates, and I believe... Uh, the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. Mm -hmm. um, but the other th the other three were written specifically, not to be a bossy prick, I just happen to know the info. Um, the other three were written by King specifically for the screen. The movie was made off of uh, meetings they'd had about, I believe, making the stand. And they couldn't figure it out. And over the course of several glasses of wine or whatever, Romero and King decided to do this. Um, and it's probably one of the most disgusting movies ever made. I mean, all of the roaches you see in Something to Tide You Over are roaches. Those are sure. real roaches. In fact, I, I, I would vouch for the fact that somewhere in the United States of America, we have an entire uh, line of Trinidadian cockroaches well and alive due to this movie. <laughs> I mean, when they, were, when they were done, they basically dropped a bug bomb and mm -hmm. left. You know, but they they never cleaned anything up. So, anyways, aside from all of that, I just think this movie is a hoot. You know, uh, call me sick, but it it cracks me up. I love Ted Danson getting buried up to his neck. I I just love all, all that stuff. And um, yeah, my desert island movie is Creepshow for sure. Creepshow, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's a good anthology film. One of the better ones. Back when they were making them and actually wide releasing them, because yeah, uh, that yeah, yeah. that one did make the theater. Yeah. Uh, Brad, are you familiar with Creepshow? Uh, you know, I've only seen parts of it. Mm -hmm. I have never seen it in its entirety. Yeah, a lot of times the clip is with the uh, Stephen King and the uh, that's that was in the first one, right, with the meteor. Yeah. And yeah, and the grass and him turning into a. Uh, spoiler room, folks. It's the plant. <laughs> if you haven't listened to 100 episodes and realized we spoil movies here, well, then uh, I don't know what show you were listening to, but probably uh, you... film jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, how about you with Creep Show? Do you like Creep Show? Yes, I do like Creep Show. You do. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, I have to say though, this is probably the first time I've ever heard someone say the words comfort. In creep show together, and now they. This person watch creep show. I need to comfort them. <laughs> it is so, comfort food. It's comfort something. I'm not sure what. <laughs> and so we'll go uh, go right to Glenn here. Your desert island film. Uh, if you had power in the TV and the DVD, and you could only watch one film, what would it be? 
I like how you added all those little things there. I wonder why you might, why you might have added all of that that stuff. Uh, oh, I don't know. As, as caveats. Um, I I I think I'm probably gonna stick with the one I ended with in my after my long spiel that I gave you recorded, um, and I'd probably go with Blues Brothers. Nice. nice. Oh, um, good choice. It's Very it's nice. funny, and I not only get a, get a movie, I get music. Ah, yes, you get so both. I get two things. So take that, people who just have a move thing to watch. I got something to listen to as well. Because um, <laughs> I, you know, I had to pick something lighter because God, I don't want you know as much as I like like Evil Dead or Dread and stuff like that. It just after a while, man, being on an island, I'd be like, boy, you know. And me putting a shotgun in my mouth wouldn't be such a bad thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think I'd go with Blues Brothers, man. Well, you could dance on the beach, too. So As long as they don't have to take the sequel. If I take the sequel, then that shotgun's looking really appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. No no love for the sequel there, which uh, we actually did a full episode on Blues Brothers. Check it out here on SpecialMarkProductions.com podcast, Spell Room. We have that episode there as well. That was fun. That was after a trivia because that was yes. a trivia movie, uh, and that was that was a fun episode. So uh, Blues Brothers, I, I think that's a good choice. I think everybody here could see them watching them watching it. Doc, how about you, Blues Brothers? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> It's oh. it's been a while since I've seen it, but it, it, that was one of those movies I watched a lot. I have the novelization, which uh, is rather different from the movie. If if you're not familiar with, it's mostly about them practicing for the last show. So they've actually moved into a house because one of the guys was working on like a place where they were building a subdivision, and I remember at the end they just basically destroyed the house internally in order to be, set up a rehearsal area. So they managed to implode it. Okay. So, uh, so hopefully, like nobody would notice. It was the plan, and then they moved on to like the final area where they would did the the charity concert and all this. So, like, there's a whole chunk of goofiness that's in the movie that's not in the book ah. because it doesn't translate well to the written word to be doing musical numbers. <laughs> so you have to fill that gap with story, and they did. But, so but, yes, I do have a fascination with the Blues Brothers too. <laughs> But, but I have I tape recorded. I have audio recording from when I was a youth of the Blues Brothers cut down because I wanted music and little comedy bits. So I've got like 30 minutes of the Blues Brothers on an audio cassette. Yes, wow. I do enjoy that movie. <laughs> I should probably watch it again. You probably should. Definitely. It's out on Blu-ray now, I think. Yes, uh, a couple times. A couple, couple few times there. Uh, but that yeah, that's a great choice. He can dance on the beach, music in the beach with no pants because you're on a desert <laughs> island. <so. laughs> It'd be like when you're on the show and you don't have any pants, right, Glenn? Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do any of you wear pants on the show? <laughs> I'm we had wearing... that conversation. Apparently, the answer is no. No. Okay. Not, I don't think any of us so have no, pants don't, on. Don't, don't feel bad. Yeah. I have a shorts on right now, if that comforts anyone. Oh, but you don't have pants on, so see, there you go. So, true, uh, true. Boom. Yeah, boom. <laughs> Brad, how about you and your Desert Island film with those caveats? 
Where you the caveats a, once more. Where you, where, <laughs> where you have a TV and a DVD or media player, and you can play one movie. You'd only get a choice to watch one movie while trapped on the desert island. What movie would that be? I would want to watch a movie that had a strong 80s soundtrack that made me feel a good range of emotions and was very colorful and entertaining. For me, what, what, what's your guess? I can guess? Yes. I'm sorry, just based on those, on those it made me think of Transformers the movie. Oh my god, dude, you're freaking psychic. That is exactly the movie I would watch. Which is coming to Blu-ray. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the Stan Bush's dare. I mean, come on. You got the touch. Yes. Oh. Uh, or that's right, Stan Bush did uh, the touch. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who did dare, though. Anyways, uh, you know, I loved that movie so much that... The first time, the true story, I was living in La Crosse. This was early 90s. First time I walked into a Best Buy, and I, I'm like, oh, my God. This is better than any CD or other cassette store I've ever – back in my day, you used to be able to purchase music on cassette tapes. Anyways, uh, and I saw that they had Transformers the movie soundtrack on CD, and I turned to my then-girlfriend. I'm like, oh, my God, they, they have this on CD, and she said, are you, are you serious? <laughs> uh, needless to say, uh, we are no longer together. Uh is that the CD with the linicular kind of... cover? Because I has it? that one. The What's 20th that? anniversary one? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Or is this no, before this, that one? This, this predates it, yep. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, if if you don't cry during the death of Optimus Prime, you have no soul. I Seriously. Uh, there, uh, there's something about that film that just takes you back to a time when things were kind of simpler in a way. And you can just... I totally get absorbed in the film. And, uh, you know, is it is it is it an Oscar-winning film? No, but if I'm on a desert island, I want to be entertained. And that movie is one of those things where I can turn it on and I don't necessarily have to pay attention, but I know exactly what's happening and I can probably recite the lines to that particular part, you know, uh, it, just because I've watched it so many times. Um, I absolutely love that film and that's the movie that I would take with me. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's a great choice. And it, yeah, it is a, if anything was the epitome of 80s soundtrack. In fact, I recently was having this discussion with my good friend Jim on the way back from uh, we went to see Jurassic Park on the big screen. Uh, Marcus Theaters in Appleton is having this retro $5 uh, showings of old movies on the mega screen in the luxury chairs. They're which, doing that uh, down here too. Uh, oh, nice. And yeah. so this month is Spielberg month. So they did Jurassic Park, but uh, I digress. But on the way back, we were having a discussion about it and about how Transformers was coming out on Blu-ray and the soundtrack of that. And what I always found funny about it is, yeah, it's this film that is a little bit obscure, but anyone who grew up at that time, if you mention it, you're like, squee! I mean, you're like that because back then uh, you got a lot more of the wide-release comic 
movies from TV to film. I mean, you had Transformers, uh, you had He-Man. I remember when seeing the He-Man She-Ra cartoon, uh, Masters of the Universe one, when they were promoting She-Ra. But I remember seeing Transformers, and yeah, that soundtrack is just so 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's but, perfect. Oh, it's so perfect way. In for that the way. movie, yeah, it's perfect for the movie, uh, but it, it's definitely you need some wine with the cheese uh, for, <laughs> for a couple of those uh, songs. But I got a kick out of it because many moons later, you got Boogie Nights came out, and you're watching Boogie Nights, and uh, that's a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. And even just because it's about the porn industry, uh, yeah, it's actually a very interesting film. But at one point, I believe it's Mark Wahlberg. He uh, plays the ex-porn star. He's trying to get into music, and they've got him in a recording booth, and he's trying to record You've Got the Touch. Nice. (laughs) In the sound booth, and he just busts out with the most worst, the the most awful rendition of You Got the Touch, and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Because it takes place in the late 70s to early 80s, uh, it was addressing the move from film to video and such within wow. the porn industry. And he was kind of on his way out because of drugs and that, his character, but he wanted to do recording. And he started singing that, and I just busted out laughing. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, out of all the movies they could have, out of all the songs they could have picked for him, he, he picked that one. <laughs> and so. But yeah, and you got Weird Al, uh, Dare to yes. Be Stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, for the, uh, the junk. Was it the Junkions? Junkions. Yes. Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy. Well, well Orson, yeah, Robert Orson Stack. Welles last movie is Unicron, yes. Yep. Though I don't think he knew what movie he was actually doing. He was doing an ad for, you know, Frozen Peas, yes. Here, here, just read this. Read these lines. There you go, Orson. All right. There, there, was, there was a period in the late 90s where the movie was hard to find. It was out of print on tape. It was before DVD, pretty much, was really starting to kick in. And one of my buddies had a, had a I think, the bootleg Canadian version, which has the swears in it, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, because you get the one uh, Autobot saying shit. Yeah, uh, and there's, a, there's a, and a, I think, a dam in there. Yeah. But my one buddy, we were watching it as a group, my one buddy apparently had not seen it. And at that point, I'd seen it like once or twice. Mm-hmm. So we're all sitting there, kind of watch it, and you know that the you know like a third of the way through, spoiler room again, is is when the climate you know one shall stand, one shall fall, and Optimus you know hands over the Matrix and dies and everything. And my buddy went, "I'm done." He was all <laughs> he had to. He turned. I turned and looked at him, and he had to look at his face like, uh, "No, not good." <laughs> He's like, "I'm not. No, I don't watch no more of this right now." <laughs> And we're, you know, we're at that point. We're in our late twenties, so it was, it was great. It was a great reaction. I'm like, he's kidding, but he's not kidding. <laughs> For an animated film, it has some powerful moments. That is no, a- there was just an article I read today because the Blu-ray is coming out of a guy. You know, when I was a kid, he goes, I was fine because watching the movie. I was I knew because this is how it always happened. He'd be back by the end of the film. Yeah, <laughs> and he wasn't back by the end of the film. And then we went and we started watching the cartoon that fall, like which was like a month or two later. He goes, and then Optimus was still dead. He goes, then I cried because I freaked me out because I'm like, what happened? 
<laughs> they're not supposed to stay dead. He's a robot. You can fix him. What happened? You know, and then they, you know, like years later, everybody found out because nobody was watching the cartoon by the end. They had brought him back yeah. <laughs> by the end of the cartoon. But by then, like three people were still watching it, apparently. So nobody yeah. knew at that point. I didn't see those episodes until I was in my 20s. I'm like, it came out on tape, and I'm like, oh, that's the ones where he came back. Okay, those suck. <laughs> the animation's horrible. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it but did. it was still cool because it was Optimus was back. Well, I I just remember that was a big event film back mm-hmm. then, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brad, you remember? Did you see it in the theater when it first came out? No, I didn't actually. I, at the time, uh, well, I lived out in the country, so uh, I really my my parents weren't around all that much. Mm-hmm. They were off doing work and whatever. And uh, so I really didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of, of films because uh, I you know lived way out in the country. And um, yeah, it wasn't until it was out on VHS that I got to see it. Cool. And uh, yeah, I remember I, we actually saw it in the theater, and I, I saw the He-Man one as well. Uh, so that was that was quite an event movie back then. Though Cole, did you uh, see Transformers in the theater at all? I did not. No, I saw it later. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, much later, actually, and love it, obviously. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic entertainment. I, I mean it. It's great stuff. For an animated I actually, film. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it really is. I actually just got all of my action figures back from my father, went and uh, picked up, like, three huge crates of them, but... None of the Transformers were there. The Ghostbusters oh, were there. Oh. The He-Men were there. Something happened to the Transformers. Maybe somebody knew the value, or maybe I just lost that crate, you know. But <laughs> I'm not bummed out because I got three crates. Uh, That's, cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, none of those Transformers. No, but the the cartoon, man, that movie is solid. It yeah. really is. That's it's solid... oddly, it's oddly adult considering it was. You know, a a cartoon that was a commercial for toys. Yeah, realistically, absolutely. and then you watch the movie and you yeah. go, "Wait a minute, where did this, where did this come from?" Yeah, <laughs> this is an actual yeah. story. No, I dig it completely, mm-hmm. and it's vibrant too. It has, it, is. A, it just has life in it. You know? It's, it, it's got a lot of energy to it. Tony, have you seen Transformers G One uh, movie? Um, not since I was, I think, eight years old. Oh, okay. but. But I remember watching it just being the happiest little boy alive. I could definitely <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Glenn, how about you with Transformers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you see it in the theater? I saw it in the theater. I've seen it numerous times on VHS and DVD. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun. <laughs> it's terrible. Well, that's also fun. What? It's terribly fun. Look out. Brad's going to virtually punch you in the dick. Look out. (laughs) And it just turned 30 years old yesterday. Yep, it's coming out on Blu-ray. Definitely. Uh, So you didn't think it was that all great of a movie, Glenn? No, but I think all the Transformer stuff is awful, but I still enjoy it. Sure. Well, you you can't beat that soundtrack though. That soundtrack, no. man. No, that's fine. <laughs> it's right up there with uh, Dream Warriors by Dokken. Awesome eighties <laughs> movie metal. I love that song. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. The video is great. 
I guess it's I ridiculous at the same time. <laughs> Freddy is defeated by the power of Dokken. <laughs> What's not awesome about that? No, it's great. I love it. What were you going to say, Glenn? I said I probably took bread by too much press. I didn't start with... Uh... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> that prepares us. That, that builds us up a little bit more. So. <laughs> this is true. Here it comes. <laughs> you know, Transformers would be a fun one to watch on a desert island over and over again. And uh, with the new Bayformers uh, last night, uh, that's the title of it, the, la- the Last Night, I believe it is, or The Lost Night. What a, oh, it's something last. last night. Uh, he did release a picture of Hot Rod, uh, who, who does kind of actually look like Hot Rod, but still... it. It's a Bayformer, so there's so many parts to it, you can't quite sure where the head is, but it's up there somewhere <laughs> around the shoulder area. Uh, but apparently Hot Rod's going to be in it. Uh, <laughs> As a group. Bayformers, yeah. more than meets the explosions. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And, uh, Tony, how about you? Uh, what's your Desert Island film? Honestly, my situation is the same as Glenn, where, yes, it deals with listening to music, and it's something more lighthearted. Because when you're stranded in the desert, you don't want to watch something that's dark and depressing, because that'll make it worse. So honestly, when I think about it, I think the movie I would want to watch if I was stuck in a desert island is Singing in the Rain. Because that's a movie that really entertains me. That's a movie I can always rewatch, and you know that movie just has nonstop amazing music. And just like what Glenn said with Blues Brothers, you can dance along to the music as you're stranded on a desert island, worrying you're gonna die pretty soon. But (laughs) (laughs) worrying about death on a desert island, watch Singing in the Rain. Exactly, that blues away. You may die, but you'll die out smiling. So. Exactly, especially with Gene Kelly's Smile Man, that always puts a smile on my face. No, that's that's a great movie to watch. That's a very happy movie in general, actually. Uh, there's really not a whole lot outside of them uh, uh, sticking it to the, the the kind of bitchy girl who uses the other girl's voice for for her own. That's uh, yeah. That <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, and they're looking to Hollywood. That's what I also love about the movie. Like their whole look into Hollywood. Well, it's a, it's a great movie because it explores the transition from the silent to the talky. Oh, yeah. The, the problem that many of those actors actually had uh, back then that, you know, you they didn't – they had a face for film but not a voice uh, to speak of. So, uh, Doc, how about you with Singing in the Rain? I'm – familiar with it, but I can't put hand on heart and swear. I've seen the whole thing from really? front to back. Um, I've seen the animatronic of Gene Kelly at Hollywood Studios enough times, because I've, <laughs> I've written the great movie ride. Um, but I, I, it's one of those movies that I've read and listened and heard and talked about enough where it. I just need to put it on the stack and watch, and watch it, it and yeah. see it. I just haven't gotten to it yet, because it's a giant stack of things I need to watch. It is. Cole, how about you with Singing in the Rain? Well, I mean, Tony always has the, the most obvious choices. I could totally see watching this on a deserted island until I grew old. I mean, seriously, that's a great choice. And it's a great movie. It really is. It's uh, 
it's fun. Whenever I, I think of musicals, which I typically don't like, um, unless it's something like, you know, The Crow or The Doors, which, are, you know, use music as, like, background fuel. I don't think of this for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but this is a great movie, and I, I love it. I've seen it two or three times, actually, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, I love this movie. That's a great choice. It really is. Oh, and that's one of those musicals where even if you don't care for musicals, people are the most familiar with it because of yeah, the famous yeah. dancing scene. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, which is a great dancing scene, in all honesty, back yeah. in the days when they had the huge sound stages and rain machines, and you're just like, holy crap, that had to be uh, tough to shoot. And uh, Steve, how about you with your Desert Island film? Me? Um, well, I thought about it a little bit, and it's kind of the same set of circumstances that I think everybody else has kind of pointed out. You're not necessarily picking your favorite ever film, but you want to pick something that you know you can watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, the movie I picked is one of my favorite films, so it works out very well in that regard. Um, it's something I've seen since I was a kid. It's something I've seen on and off. It's the one movie I've noticed that I end up going back to on my own without somebody else uh, having to kind of help make that happen. You know, I've got buddies that every year I watch Bad Santa with because it's just become a thing. I, I've hung out at some Lebowski fests, so I've seen Big Lebowski a few times over and over again and things like that. Where, or I'll go by my buddy's house and we watch Return of the Living Dead every year. But those are all like something I do with somebody else. And the thing I do, the movie I watch by myself, just because all of a sudden I need to watch it again, is the Muppet movie. I knew you were oh, going to say nice. it. I, I knew you were going to say it. Because, well, we, well as soon as I, you play in the one song, I'm like, thanks, Mark. You got it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's got comedy. It's got heart. It's got music that you can listen to over and over again. It's got, in that regard, it's got a song I've managed to perform once in front of other people, and they actually didn't seem to not you know hate it. Um. So it's just got, and it's it's meta, so it's very, it's got layers to it at the same time, where it's just kind of weird. <laughs> what have we been doing? Here, just read the script. We're going to take a nap, you know. <laughs> so it's got all, and, and it's, and it's it's got my friends, the Muppets, in it. So in no way, shape, or form there is there a fail. I think I, I think, I want to say the first time I saw it was in a drive-in movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, it's just, I've had it on tape, I've had it on DVD, I've had it on Blu-ray. It's one of the few, it's one of the movies that's downloaded onto my iPad. So if I'm walking around, I can get to it if I need to. It's, as a kid, The Great Muppet Caper was more action, so I liked that one more. And then as an adult, when Kermit starts talking about, like, what he wants to do in life and everything like that and how he's trying to make people happy, that's the end. <laughs> it's That's that moment where I go, I'll be all right. It's cool. I want to do that, too. That's awesome. All right, we're good. And now Animal's Giant, and I can laugh again. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just so many different moments. There, You get the big bird, you know, you know gag and everything else. and Yeah. Well, it, that movie's so surreal because, yeah, it, you know, it's not the approach you would have expected from it. I mean, there are people 
you have humans and they just Muppets are everywhere and people are just accepting of it. It's it's this alternate world where Muppets exist and people really don't that, question it. That was the weird thing of the show. The, the whole concept of the show was pretty much bringing humans into the Muppet world. Right. You had like a human or two that were there and they were surrounded by Muppets. And all of a sudden with the first movie you have Muppets in quote unquote the real world and they, like you said they're surrounded by all these other humans so now they have to you know they're blending for uh, and it's 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 i think that same moment too because as a kid it it all it you didn't it didn't need to be explained because it made sense you're watching you know i grew up watching sesame street in in the late 70s early 80s and you had monsters and the whole point of the monsters were kind of that they were people that they weren't like you but you found how they were like you mm -hmm. and that was all part of the educational program that Sesame Street had was that, oh, hey, these things look scary. Yeah, people might look scary sometimes. doesn't mean that they're not like you. And, and, you, and just, oh, okay, there's these creatures made of felt burning around, and one of them has a giant nose and doesn't look like anything you've ever seen before, and he's really odd. He's still a really great guy. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, just uh, be cool with everybody and see what happens. Yeah, I remember seeing that film and it, it, watching it even now. It's one of those that spans any age. You can find something in it, I think, that you, you know touches or relates to, and and, and you can uh, latch on to it. And the, I think for me, the the Muppet movie isn't done like a kids movie. That's the whole thing. It's it's done like a regular story with the Muppets that everybody can enjoy but it's not specifically tailoring to kids you yeah. know it, it it's not talking down to kids though either i mean the kids can find enjoyment in it uh brad how about you with the muppet movie did you, you enjoy it uh, oh boy it's a grandson yeah well it i don't know i to me, the Muppets were always the TV show. The movies, I didn't always enjoy. No, that's how, it, it, to be perfectly honest, that was always more of my focus as a kid, too. I didn't really care about the movies as much as I cared about the show. Uh, and it was always interesting getting the, the cavalcade of, of, of stars. And, you know, the movie did take you outside of... In any of the movies really took you outside of the theater and, and explore the world. So, I mean, it was interesting in, in that respect. But I don't know. It, dealing with their own microcosm of putting on the show every week was, was really more more my thing than, than mm -hmm. the movies. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I, I always enjoyed both, but I always saw them separate, not you know all in the same universe. It was just like... Uh, there's the movie universe and the, the TV the, universe. The, Mupp the Muppets oh, are Muppets. actors yeah. who put on a show and then mm -hmm. occasionally star in movies that don't necessarily don't have any continuity. Right. <laughs> at least if you look, if you look, you know, at least they're all starting over. There's mm -hmm. no continuity to those. To try and latch those together makes no sense because no, there is nothing to make sense of that. <laughs> No, How did we start this time? Hey, we started this time because we did our cross-country trek. How did we start this time? We all went to school together and put on a show. <laughs> Those don't go together. It's just, hey, we're actors in a movie. It's all good. Hey, a movie. That's the whole start of the Great Muppet Caper. We're in a movie. 
<laughs> or uh, they're journalists, you know. Yes, yes, because they're twins. Kermit yeah. and Fozzie were twins. Yeah. They look alike, unless you really squint really hard. Oh, that that was a funny. It's a shit. screwball '40s comedy. It's delightful. It, it ridiculous. is. They they are ridiculous, but I I remember that first. Hey one. Kermit, I'm gonna take a picture of this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first one I actually, I remember watching as a kid, and it disturbed me a little bit, the whole frog legs thing. This is true. Uh, that was actually kind of disturbing and a bit traumatic for my childhood days. So, that I, I honestly wonder why I, you would think I would hate Mel Brooks. Because <laughs> he's going to turn his brains into guacamole. And I'm, you would think I would look at that guy and go, that's the worst guy ever because he was going to hurt my buddy Kermit. But I have said, that's Mel Brooks. He's hilarious. <laughs> I'm actually more bothered by the amnesia sequence in The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, that God. one, that, even as a kid, you know, that one made me uncomfortable because I'm like, he's not acting like Kermit. I don't like it. <laughs> Well, that and him like dressing up in the gold chains and the and the big you know goofy wig yeah. and everything to try and be cool and all and that, and that all made me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most of Muppets Take Manhattan made most people uncomfortable. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Saw Although, that in the Villa Theater, Mark. Be afraid. <laughs> though credit to the Muppets, they are credited with probably giving one of the more accurate renditions of A Christmas Carol. So <laughs> there is that. <laughs> there you go. Because I, I've read, because I've I've read a couple of reviews about uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. They said, yeah, actually, the handling of the characters is pretty damn close to the book. Uh, so, so there is that. But the Muppet movie, it's it's an excellent choice. It definitely uh, keep you in good spirits uh, while you're on the desert island with the one palm tree uh, dropping coconuts. Uh, and I guess I, I guess I got to give my desert island film. Uh, which I I was trying to go back and forth because it goes along with the whole discussion we had on Astro Radio Z of what's m one of my favorite films, and it depends on which genre. Mm -hmm. uh, but for films that I could watch over and over again, um, it was a toss-up, but I flipped a coin, and it was, and this is going to be weird, but... Uh, maximum Overdrive. Yeah! <laughs> okay, yes! I can honestly say I did not expect that. <laughs> that was actually a runner-up. I, I honestly thought Terminator 2. For for all the films I've watched and all the films that I love, well, it was a toss-up between that one and Fifth Element, and I flipped a coin. Oh, okay. I flipped a coin, and a it choice. ended up being uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. And, and the reason is that it's got a bad rap, but and and the reason I say that is because you get those nights, and I'm sh I don't know if anyone here suffers from it. My wife chuckles. Uh, we've got Hulu, Amazon Prime, and Netflix, which is horrible because I've got about 500 DVDs, which I haven't watched about a third of. And so you're deciding what to watch for that one movie for the night. <laughs> and so you f you load up Netflix and you scroll. And you scroll, and you're like, yeah, I've seen it, seen it, seen it. Eh, nah, I'm not in the mood for that scene, scene. Then you go to Amazon Prime, and you're like, oh, that's what's Amazon Prime. Now I've seen it. And so then you, have, you know, 45 minutes later, you're tired, and you want to go to bed because you haven't picked a movie. But there's one movie that I've gone back to when I get to that rut occasionally. It's on streaming. I also have it on VHS. 
I go back to maximum overdrive. And I, I'm not sure why, but I just I love this film so much. Uh, I don't know if it's it's the off the wall concept, uh, it, it, the the tongue in cheek, the the, the, the one liners, the execution, the characters. But there's something about this film that I just go back to it. I know every line, and I I'll watch it. You know, just for something to watch because I can't decide on anything else, and I come back to it, and I'm entertained every single time I watch it. Uh, and I'm not sure why, uh, but I've mentioned the movie a couple times on the show here. But for me, Maximum Overdrive is is the one. Uh, so, Glenn, what, what do you think, Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> I know it's a horrible movie. I, I should have picked better, but. <laughs> but this is your choice, man. It's not my I choice. <laughs> I know. What'd you, what'd you think I mean, of that? I'm not stuck on this island with you. Well, well or am I? <laughs> well, if you are, things got more interesting. But no, you're not. Okay. No, but... <laughs> no I think it's a fine choice. It's a fun movie. Um, I, I, I think that uh, um, Estevez is an awful, awful. <sighs> Awful actor, but mm-hmm. uh, it's still a fun movie. I, I think it's the characters for me that get it. And, and yes, you Simpsons folks, it does have the voice of Bart Simpson in it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. The, no, no, the, no, Lisa. Lisa. Or Lisa, I'm sorry. Lisa, I think not Lisa's Bart. in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the voice of Lisa is in it. The uh, the married couple uh, who's in there, a yearly. Is yes, Yardley yeah. Smith. Yeah, that's Yardley Lisa. Smith. Yeah, she plays Lisa, and she's in this as uh, one half of a newlywed couple who end up making it to the to the uh, Dixie stop. Um, and maximum, I mean, Stephen King admits he was uh, pretty much high for most of the film when he directed it. Um, it's cheesy. It's it's got a great soundtrack though from ACDC. Uh, who Made Who is a great album, and that's the, basically the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive. And that was the re-release of the now ultimate party song, She Shook Me Up All Night Long. Because if I remember correctly, it was actually released on an album a year or two earlier. Yeah, that it, was Back in Black, I think it was on. Yeah, and it didn't make it that well. And then it was re-released, I think, with Who Made Who, and suddenly everybody rediscovered it. Or whatnot, yeah, you yeah. Know? And suddenly it, it was like a hit, and now you can't go to a wedding without hearing it. Uh, so <laughs> to this day, it still lives in the wedding playlist. Uh, but yeah, Maximum Overdrive. Tony, have you seen Maximum Overdrive? I have not. But, oh, Tony. But after, but after hearing the whole... Um, uh, who's the one that directed it again? Stephen King. Oh, after hearing the whole Stephen, uh, Stephen King was high directing it, I actually might want to watch it. Yeah. It is. It's Stephen King does a B movie is what it is. It's you know it, it's got your classic King characters in there, and it's just as if they were you know in a B film, and and I love it uh, quite a bit. I'm entertained by it. Uh, and I'm not sure why it just amuses me so much. And it's a film that actually could still apply today, I think, because it's all about machines rebelling, and we're so reliant on machines now, not to get too deep. Uh, but you could almost see this film still applying today, couldn't you, Brad? Yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you say it's the perfect stoner movie? 
Well, no, it's not a stoner movie. It's uh, no, not it, like that. Like, like as in people that get high and watch the movie while they're high. Uh, they pre- people, if you're high, you'll probably enjoy it a little more. I don't know. Uh, Definitely, I, I would imagine. <laughs> well, I, if you're high, you'll watch paint dry. You won't give a shit. Um, <laughs> it's the best movie ever, man. Yeah, it's so lifelike. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. I. Excellent. Is it a is it a perfect stoner film? No, I don't think so. Uh, the, the, is it a fun B film? Would you say? It, I mean, it's an interesting trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you that, but. Um, is it an exceptional movie? No. 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 Yeah. Uh, but is it entertaining? Would it take your mind off of being shipwrecked on a desert island that mysteriously has enough power to, to run a DVD and or VHS <laughs> machine uh, so you can perpetually watch this movie until you die of thirst or starvation? Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't watch this film. <laughs> well, maybe that's one of my Netflix queue. Well, but... <laughs> It's a lot of... There's just so many great... It's like Stephen King was high. He was writing a script, and he just came up with a bunch of great scenes going, what if machines rebelled? Okay, what odd machines can I take and make them lethal killing machines? I know, a soda machine, which is one of the better scenes in the film. Or a curling iron, or a lawnmower, or a uh, uh, ice cream truck. There's lots of deadly vehicles... <laughs> In the film, and it's funny because I read his book *Cell* years later, or just recently, so it'd be many years later. And *Cell* is kind of an update on that, though it's it's a little more odd as far as zombies and that. But I I could definitely see an updated version of uh, uh, *Who Made Who* coming out and still applying, especially now that everybody's linked to their devices. Uh, those devices killing them. Uh, kind of is an entertaining thought. I know I'm a sick individual. It's strangled uh, by their headphones. Yeah, strangled, strangled by their earbuds. Or well, no, the one, the one girl that died in there by headphones because she had a Walkman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah. I thought it, I remembered it, that. It blew, yeah. it blew her eardrums. Yeah, she was dead because the uh, oh because she was bleeding from the ears because uh, she had the headphones on with those orange uh, foam. Because that's in the '80s. That's what you had was the headphones with the orange foam. You were right. As soon as you popped out of the shoot, you were issued those in the '80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In cassette Walkman, no one, no one will know the plight of of running and having the Walkman fall and the cassette fly out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Another reason not to run. Yes. <laughs> Walk at a steady pace. And, and then as you got older, you had the CD player, which would skip yeah. as you run. <laughs> so, goddamn portable devices. And then for that week, you had a mini displayer, and then we discovered the <gasps> E3 format. And, and, uh, <laughs> that that ruined everything, I tell you. <laughs> cool. true, true story. Are in the late 80s, oh, I had a Walkman, and I had the uh, the cassette soundtrack of uh, Transformers the movie. Listen to it nonstop. Nice. <laughs> nice. And circle. <laughs> and then the circle is complete. Uh, Cole, real quick, uh, with uh, with maximum overdrive. Well, uh, you know my feelings, and I'll be quick mm-hmm. because I could talk for seven hours, but... The fact that, you know, Stephen King says, well, I was high while I was doing this, that 
that doesn't discount anything. That would discount all of his work for like <laughs> 20 years. And that's true. It, that's just like a way of him saying, look, you know, maybe I made some mistakes. Maybe I didn't. He didn't set out to make a horror movie. Mm -hmm. He set out to make a moron movie. Mm -hmm. He set out to make Ramble or Back to the Future. He said so in interviews in 1986. I only know this because I still have the Fangoria things. Nice. And then, you know, years later, you got to do damage control. I'm not saying anything about my hero. I would never say he's a liar. I wouldn't backtrack on anything he'd said. I'm just saying, you know, Maximum Overdrive, 1986. What else is out? You got The Fly. You got Aliens. He got Big Trouble in Little China. You got some stiff competition, man. Shit. I think if you watch this movie, if you put it on now, you don't even need... I, I don't know where, where the stoner thing came up. But you can put on this movie and really enjoy it. And I, uh, one last thing I'd like to say is Stephen King... Uh, not only apparently, and I can't vouch for this, but it, he apparently knows what it's like to be poor, and he has a really strong sense of what lower middle class life is. Mm -hmm. Because anybody who existed with punch cards is going to relate to Emilio Estevez's opening in this movie, because a lot of this has been through it. You know, that was a thing. You had this little punch card you'd take in and you'd stick it in the machine and you'd come back and your boss had manipulated it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I, I just think this is more than any other movie in the 80s, possibly, except for Pet Cemetery. Obviously, Shawshank Redemption is the best Stephen King translation. It really mm -hmm. is. But this is really a pure Stephen King movie. If you listen to the way the characters talk... And the anecdotes they tell, it may not work as well as a piece of cinema, but this is how his characters talk, typically. And yeah. the fact that Emilio sleeps with uh, the heroine halfway through the movie may seem like a cheap shot, but that's a Stephen King motif. That's what he did in The Mist, you know. Um, so oh I, I love this film. There's a film you don't want to watch on a desert island is The Mist. Yeah, yeah no, shit. <laughs> Glenn, no shit. Glenn mentioned about the whole shotgun to your mouth thing. Yeah, <laughs> that movie was great, but I've only watched it once or twice because I'm a dad, and there's no yeah, way I can yeah. watch that film again. I'm like, that's pretty awful. Wow. Yeah, it's that's one of those old yeller endings. Yeah, it really <laughs> so, is, for sure. So, there you go, folks. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here for our 100th episode. Hope you've enjoyed us waxing nostalgia and, and remembering some moments from the shows. Hope it was your whistle to go back to the archives and check out some of those shows. And please subscribe uh, to us in iTunes and, and look at specialmarkproductions.com for our archive of episodes. We've got... A uh, hundred more. I'm looking forward to the hundred more. I, I just want to say right now, uh, for those who are here as well as those who could not make it tonight, um, and I tell you after every episode, and I do mean it, every single one of you, I do appreciate when any of you come on the show and want to talk film. Uh, it means a lot. We started this thing out kind of as a, well, let's see what we can do and if we can do this with Google Hangouts and such with Ray and Don and Brad and Glenn. And uh, it's grown to a variety of more people. Uh, we've got a great diverse group, and I love doing 
episodes almost every week now with uh, you all because I'm never quite sure what comes up. I love the unexpected, but everybody has such diverse opinions, yet we can come here and talk about them, and uh, everybody's very respectful, which you don't exactly get on the interwebs anymore, and I appreciate that, and I just want to let you guys know uh, thank you for right. these 100 episodes awesome and making it a hundred episodes and uh, yeah we I, I don't plan on slowing down right now and I'm glad you guys uh, still want to go on this ride with me so I, I just want to thank you very much and thank you for those spoiler room crew members who couldn't make it here same goes for you guys out there if you're listening to this so uh, without further ado now that uh, we'll, we'll cut out the sappy parts here uh, why don't we go down quick and you guys uh, pimp your stuff where they can find you at Brad please tell us uh, where we can find to hear your sweet sweet pipes <laughs> oh you poor souls uh, uh, you can you can find me at uh, gncasts.com I'm on a couple of shows The Alien Invasion where we talk about uh, sci-fi in uh, different mediums be it uh, books uh, movies whatever uh, we do a little bit of news uh, we're going to be retooling one of our shows so I'm not going to mention that one and the other show that uh, Glenn and I actually do is uh, called Adventure Party and that's where we talk about games and gaming <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, wait do we have something for that there we go nice uh, there we go uh and, uh, yeah, we talk about role-playing and uh, board games, card games. We just talk about games for about an hour. So uh, usually I have an interview with, uh, with somebody involved in, in gaming at some level. So that's awesome. where you can find us, gncasts.com slash adventure is where you can find the Adventure Party. Awesome. Yeah, great stuff on Galactic Netcasts. Actually, their podcast of terror were kind enough to have me yes. on a show and that was a, a lot of fun, a good good group of guys there. So check out that podcast group, and especially uh, Brad and Glenn's episodes there. Uh, Cole, go ahead. Sir, where can they find you? I am on Facebook. Uh, Cole Meredith, uh, Shadows and Lovers Productions is uh, the name of my company. We do little thoughtful, philosophical, low-budget horror movies along the lines of... Uh, Absentia and in fear, and if you like to think and be scared, um, we got good stuff, really good stuff. Also, I uh, work on some digital art on a page called Horror Roar. Uh, we we do some cool stuff, me and some friends of mine. Um, the new movie is the last great horror movie, not available commercially yet, but uh, it is finished and making the rounds and. Uh, just want to say again, without being sappy or may, maybe being as <laughs> not not being too sappy, Mark. Thanks a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's always a fun ride. You're professional. You know how to have a good time, and um, we all follow your lead. So thanks a lot for having us on. Yeah. Talk about poor poor souls. Uh, no, just kidding. Thank you, Cole, <laughs> very much uh, for the kind words and. Uh, Glenn, how about you, sir? Where can we find the BFD? Uh, well, aside from what Brad said, you can also find me at GuyInABunker.com, uh, as well as on YouTube, Guy in a Bunker, uh, or on YouTube with the B-Movie Bunker, which is the movie reviews that I almost never do anymore, or just follow me on Twitter, at Guy in a Bunker. 
Yes, check out those movie reviews on his YouTube channel. He may not do them a lot, but when he does, they are pearls of wisdom and interesting views, especially when it comes to the superhero films. Uh, so <laughs> Word. <laughs> and uh, Doc, how about you, sir? Do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, yeah, nobody's going to hear this before tomorrow, unfortunately, because tomorrow I'm in Shakespeare again. Um, yeah. Yesterday, we're, we're, we're doing The Winter's Tale. Uh, yesterday, I was Hermione. I was the very, very pregnant queen, briefly. Uh, <laughs> nice. This turns into a statue at the end, so that was, that was, that was fun. Uh, I have no clue what it'll be tomorrow because we pull names out of a hat at the beginning of the play, and then we read off of that uh, truncated version of the script that's highlighted for our character, and we have to learn how to emote and build a character within moments. So there's a lot of improv, a lot of acting, and a lot of fun usually. And a lot of beer drinking. There's there's some beer too. It is called Boozy Bard for a reason. Uh, next month uh, is September, and in September we're doing Measure for Measure. And if I was smart, I would have grabbed one of those cards last night. I did not. I believe it's September 12th through the 14th. It's usually the second Monday through Wednesday uh, of the month, uh, up until during the season. Next, the month after that, October will be the end of it. We're doing the Scottish play. These are at Best Place in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, 901 West Juno, or actually this week we're in the Great Hall, which is the other end of the block, but it's a beautiful restored building that's for some strange reason the historical people think that us being stupid, acting around, running around being silly and doing Shakespeare is a good thing. <laughs> Yesterday, the, 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 the joke that we've walked around with for about a year uh, has finally come true because the best stage direction in probably history... We got to finally do. Oh, really? Exit chased by a bear. What is it? <laughs> Exit chased by a bear. Oh. Or pursued by a bear, I believe is the actual correct one. I got corrected oh. yesterday. Uh, so last night we had uh, a stuffed bear. Somebody carried a stuffed bear out, uh, chased the character to the bar, which is on the one side of the Great Hall. They did shots and then got chased off stage. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's <laughs> definitely unique Shakespeare, and I think Old Will would be uh, very proud of that rendition of his play. <laughs> so or at least he's got a shot as well, probably, yes. As he long as he has be left shots, out. yes. Well, no, he wouldn't want to be left out, definitely. No, that would be, you know, you got to pay the writer something. <laughs> <laughs> well, pay him in booze, he'll forget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Tony, <laughs> how about you, sir? <laughs> Well, if you guys want to find me, um, you could go on youtube.com slash 22tigerdude. You could follow my Facebook at facebook.com slash 22tigerdude, Twitter at tigerdude22, Instagram at 22tigerdude. Um, let's see. And you can follow me on Letterboxd at letterboxd.com slash tigerdude22. And Mark, I will be sappy because that's just how I am. But <laughs> I just want to say, Thank you very much, man, for having me on this ride. I remember when the first time you asked me, you told me, Tony, I am going to go ahead and hunt you down and kill you unless you start appearing the story. <laughs> and I said, God damn it. Okay, Mark. But then I realized you're a very cool guy. <laughs> and I'm just kidding, you guys. Mark never sent me death threats. For those worrying, he never sent me death threats. But yeah, Mark's a, <laughs> yeah, Mark's a really cool guy. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me on this ride, and thank you for having me 
um, meet all of these wonderful people. I felt like I got to know each and every one of you over the years. And yeah, it's just been awesome. So here's to 100 more episodes, and here's to 1,000 more subscribers for Mr. Mark Krochek. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, hopefully it won't be 10 years for our next 1,000 subs, but that's okay if it's not. I appreciate the fact that we finally hit 1,000 subs. I We, we scraped and, and worked, and I appreciate all the listeners to our podcast, all the subscribers who want to visit our little sliver of the interwebs, and, and all of you guys, really, this is for a guy in the middle of Wisconsin who's probably as far away from anything Hollywood known to man to do, <laughs> to do this show with you folks and doing the YouTube channel and getting to meet so many great indie filmmakers. And shit, because of this podcast, I got out and actually interviewed people from Hollywood which to this day boggles my mind, and I hope to have more interviews for you folks soon. I plan on getting back to pursuing more interviews because, yeah, I mean, I've gotten to talk to so many amazing people, and it's because of doing this show and doing the YouTube channel that I've been motivated to do that. Never thought I'd get to talk to the people I have and meet the people I did, and it's because of support from our listeners, our viewers, and from the people in this room that I keep doing this. So I thank all of you as well. And enough being sappy. Check out everything at specialmarkproductions.com. Please show your love by giving us a subscription on iTunes as well as rate and comment. We would really appreciate that. If you have an idea for a show, send it to the Twitters at SpoilerRoomPDCS, or you can email us at SpoilerRoom.SMP at gmail.com. Folks, this is the Spoiler Room where the conversation is fresh but we do spoil the movies. Say goodnight everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.